Welcome to episode 291 of The Digital Life, a show about our insights into the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Neumeyer. Greetings, listeners. This week, we're going to be talking about Creative Next, which is our new show debuting on February the 19th. And you can find out more about the Creative Next project at www.creativenext.org. And we'd, uh, we'd love it if you uh, came and checked out our new podcast. So, Dirk, what is uh, the Creative Next show about? And, uh, and how is it uh, sort of a continuation of what we've started on The Digital Life? Yeah, so on Creative Next, what we say we're doing is future-proofing creatives. And that is specifically around the encroachment, which has a negative connotation that I'm not intending, of uh, automation uh, brought on by most directly artificial intelligence, but also other smartware technologies we've talked about on the show, like uh, Internet of Things, 3D printing, uh, stuff like that. Uh, so uh, the reality is, you know, our frame for automation is one that is about, you know, the factory floor. It's about, you know, what, what we used to call blue-collar workers being displaced. It wasn't about us, the people who would listen to the show, the people who are involved in creative stuff. Well, the the reality is that automation is now making its way into our space. It has, in fact, for a long time. And we haven't used the language of automation, but you know, we, we have a design firm here at GoInvo, and, uh, you know, for many years, um, the core tools for uh, our team is, you know, the, among them at least, is the Adobe Creative Suite. And that that is software that's loaded with automation, that has drastically automated what design means uh, over the last, you know, 30 years now. Um, so, this show is about the fact that automation is coming uh, more quickly, uh, more in a, in a way that's woven more into the everyday work lives of me, of you, of people like us, um, you know, all kinds of, of people. For This is impacting researchers, writers, artists, designers, engineers, entrepreneurs, among others. Um, and it's going to change our work. It's going to change our jobs, you know, tasks first are going to be falling to the automation. Um, some of that automation will simply take the task over. Some, and more commonly, it will be augmenting. So they will be tools that are helping us to um, perform tasks more quickly, giving us more power. Again, going back to the Adobe Creative Suite example. Um, but those will in turn change what our jobs look like. They'll change the skills required, the tasks required, and for folks to be ahead of that, to have it be a tool that is improving our career, improving our our chances, uh, giving us sort of more more longevity and more ability to really thrive, not just survive. We've got to be ready for that. We've got to be knowledgeable. We've got to be thinking. We've got to be learning. And Creative Next is about exploring all of that stuff. Yeah, just to expand a little bit on on the idea of automation sort of within the creative fields, I mean, you gave the example of the Adobe Creative Suite, which in and of itself is automation. Like the first version of Photoshop or InDesign is automation in and of itself. If you look under the hood, there's an awful lot of things that Photoshop is doing 
that you know InDesign is doing that used to be done uh, by hand, right? That used to be done in a much different way. One of my first design internships, you know, involved using a paste-up board using wax, right? So we what's a paste-up board? What is this wax you speak of? So so we would get the. uh, the columns of text, and I would be running it through this uh, machine that put a little coating of wax on it, and I would arrange the layouts on the board, and then that board would get photographed, and that photograph would eventually find its way to a plate, which would be printed, you know, on the um, on the press, and uh, and that's how the you know the book was eventually assembled. So that was my earliest exposure to the graphic design industry. And, uh, you know, there were a number of designers on staff. I, of course, was, was uh, you know, just a, uh, an intern, basically, a summer employee. And uh, these designers were going to uh, learn about this newfangled software called Quark. <laughs> and they were being, What's Quark, being sent to classes. I think Quark still exists. You know, Barely. The, the, the competitor uh, and precursor to InDesign, right? So I, I researched it in the context of created next, and it exists, but barely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there you are. That is that is the way automation comes to an industry. Um, and now we don't even think twice about it. No one's seen the wax layout, paste-up boards in at least, you know, 20 years, right? So People 30 and under don't know what those things are. And and that's just one example of all the miraculous stuff that the creative suite automates for you without you even knowing it, right? And that's happening on the digital side too. And so all of these issues we're going to dig into in Creative Next, which you know brings me to you know the second talking point today. Why are we doing this show? Like, what's what's the impetus for us to do it? What inspired us to do it? We've been doing the digital life since 2010, which I guess you know is it's time for a change. Wow, Might be one of those. Wow, almost a decade. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested to hear your answer, but for me, um, it's it's something that needed to be done. It's something that. I saw impacting. I, I saw happening in in the, the 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 bigger world. You know, the projects like the next Rembrandt project. You know, sort of this experimental thing where a machine is making an original Rembrandt painting. Um, reading the story about the and it's things we've talked about on on this show, so our listeners are familiar with some of it. But you know, reading the story about the AI that submitted an essay into an essay writing contest and finished in the top half of competitors. Um, stories like that that said, wait a minute, you know, there's something, something's coming with this technology. And as we looked at it more closely, we, uh, I'll speak for both of us here. I, I, you can correct me um, if, if, if it need be. Um, you know, we really, the more we researched, we went from being sort of a gog and thinking, you know, in, in line more along the lines of sort of the sci-fi type stuff that you hear from the media about AI to really understanding that big change is coming, but it's not what the media is talking about. It's not what we're reading about and learning. It's, it's different. It's more subtle. It's more integrated into our lives. And it has a more direct and real impact on our work lives in particular in the short term, you know, in, in the years ahead. People weren't talking about that. You know, it was still still stuff that would be down the artificial general intelligence path or stuff about, you know, goofy robots. Um, I really felt like people are looking in the wrong place. And, and so for me, it was like, this, this is, 
this is something people need to be aware of. It's a story that needs to be told, and it will help a lot of people because we're understanding things that are going to really impact the world of work in the years ahead, and it's going to surprise a lot of people. The people who aren't surprised, the people who are sort of striding with it, you know, and us and hopefully our listeners and hopefully much even broader than that, but um, are, are going to be at an advantage, are going to be protected, are going to be, you know, in the language using on the show, future-proofed. So for me, it was something, you know, that the discovery of it surprised me, the learning of it enlightened me, and, you know, I felt a calling that this was something that needed to be done to, to, to be of service to people who I consider my peers, my friends, my colleagues, you know, people I'm, I'm sharing community and, uh, and industry with. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to sum it up. I, I think for me, uh, you know, I'm very interested in, in sort of the patterns of change over time in, in, in relation to the economy and emerging technologies in particular and how people sort of manage their work uh, across these transitions. So, uh, for example... We've gone through this a number of times in the past. We've moved from, uh, as as human beings, we've moved from being hunter-gatherers to, uh, you know, uh, agriculture, from agriculture to industry, and now f- from industry to, you know, information, right, as the drivers of our uh, economy. Um, and in each of those transitions, those transitions take a long time, uh, which, you know, may, may not be something that we're accustomed to, you know, discussing, you know, sort of this long, this long transition, which we are, you know, currently experiencing from a more industrialized economy into more of an information economy. Mm -hmm. And understanding that those changes really sparks a lot of interest for me. I'm interested in this kind of transformation. So for me, this podcast, Creative Next, is you know, it's it's a podcast. It's it's also a much more focused research project in a lot of ways. We're going to be talking to experts on AI, experts on design, on technology. You know, similar to the digital life in that way, but exploring this thesis around you know what's next for a creative economy. So that's another thing that excites me about the show is just uh, the focus and the research aspect to it as well. You know, extending those differences a little, John, I mean, for, I don't know, six years or so now, I've called myself a social futurist professionally. That's the term that I've used. And I still use it, and I still think it's correct. But I have found myself weaving in the word journalist. I've never thought of myself as a journalist. But the nature of this project, the work we're doing, the way we're doing it, um, you know, my peers have been journalists, and I've been doing journalism work, and uh, it's 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 a strange skin to wear, but I'm I'm wearing it. It's it's kind of cool. I never felt that way with the digital life. Certainly, I mean, we're we're definitely bringing a level of of research, of rigor, of um, real real deep attention to to these topics. Yeah, and you know, I'm excited about that for sure. Dirk, what's the first season going to be about? What uh, you know? What's what's the depth and breadth of the uh, uh, the first season? Yeah, so each season is going to take sort of a wide to cover a wide topic that we think all together build a story around AI automation and helping to future proof creatives. And with that in mind, season one is about learning. So, you know, when we settled on learning, we we figure, you know, we said to figure what what is it what is it we want to say about learning? What does this show need to be about? And what you know, we start 
you know, just at sort of a high level, we start the season with sort of a philosophical look, a historical look at learning, at the relationship between humanity and technology. From there, we pivot into understanding terms, understanding what we're talking about. So going deep into artificial intelligence, going deep into other smartware technologies, and sort of doing the learning for ourselves about the context that we're, we're functioning in. And from there, we pivot to looking at how machines learn, and then specifically how learning machines have been participating in and influencing games. Uh, we get into chess. We look at, you know, chess is the first of the major strategy games that AI defeated. It's now been over 20 years ago. And that's given us 20 years to study. Once a machine dominates a game, what happens to that game? And what happens to the people who play and compete in that game? And so we, we explore that. And then we move into poker, which is more recent. Uh, understand how uh, you know humans were able to build a machine that beat the best uh, players. But then what has that done to the poker community just over the last two years? What impact has that had? on strategy, on play, how are poker pros using machines, which was pretty cool too. So that got us through about half of the season. And then we move into sort of learning in the most direct way. And a series of five shows I think are, are really strong where we start by looking at how is learning functioning in the corporate world, then um, talking with a high school principal how is learning functioning in, in high school? Then how is learning functioning in um, university? Then how is learning functioning um, for uh, sort of uh, young adults for, from a student perspective? How are they learning both in and out of the university? And then finally to online learning and lifelong learning and how those things are manifesting, um, you know, before then sort of finishing off by taking a look at uh, where where AI is headed, where automation is headed, um, in the years ahead, what are some things that will be changing and contextualizing those in the future seasons? So maybe that's a long-winded overview, but that's, you know, season one is about learning, and that's the the journey that, that we've taken with it. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's a great summary. So a couple of the guests, uh, uh, could, you, could you give us a, a hint uh, who we'll be hearing from uh, on season one? Sure. So there are a couple of guests that we're familiar with uh, from the digital life. You know, um, our really our discovery of this project and our research around it started with some of the work that we've done here. So, for example, Noam Brown, who is one of the co-creators of Labratus, the AI that defeated the poker pros. Uh, he's you know he is joining us for an episode about that. Um, we also the very first episode is with Carrie Little Hirsch, who we have um, here on the digital life. She's the anthropologist and and a lot of wonderful um, insights from Carrie, and we're we're thrilled to have her back for for Creative Next. But then a lot of new blood, a lot of uh, people that will definitely be new to our listeners and and new to our shows. Um, you know, Chris Chabri, um, fantastically smart author, professor, and uh, columnist for the Wall Street Journal, talking with us about chess. Toby Bassetti, uh, senior machine learning engineer. As episode two, and she really gives us a good framework for kind of what we're talking about here when we're talking about AI and machine learning, the real stuff, not the sci-fi stuff, but sort of the nuts and bolts, among others. And we have 12 guests in this first season, and I, I, I think it's a fantastic crew. 
we've noticed we're we're going to a to a season rhythm now as opposed to uh, uh, straight up episodes. So each sort of uh, theme will have a season associated with it, and and there's uh, six seasons that we've got planned, uh, which will bring us through uh, this year and next. Dirk, what what are the subsequent seasons going to be about? Yeah, so, you know, learning is, you know, there, there's certainly in learning, we're getting into ways that automation will directly impact creatives. Specifically, uh, during those 12 episodes, we're going to be talking about how research science is impacted, for sure, as well as education. But once we get past learning, which is a little more general, we're going to get more narrow into application. So season two, uh, we're calling communication, and that's going to be looking at things like writing, journalism, marketing, things that have to do with the automation of communication in, in a bunch of different ways. Uh, season three is going to be about form, so art and design broadly. You know, we're going to be looking at uh, music. We're going to be looking at, you know, painting, sculpture, as well as sort of design and, and the things that are, that, you know, maybe our listeners are more likely to be doing. But these things have a reci- reciprocal relationship, what's happening in art and design, for example. So form is going to be focused on those things. Function then is going to pivot in season four to engineering and how we make things work and how we will automate the way that we make things work. And then season five is going to be on leadership, and that's going to come from a couple different directions. One is about leadership and management, how those things will be automated. The other part of leadership is how leaders can implement automation solutions at scales small and large into their organizations, whether their organizations are small or large, and really understanding what is it going to look like to be shifting and to be leading the shift um, into automated workplaces. Uh, And season six is going to be called You and is going to look at our lives and look in the most direct way, regardless of whether you're an engineer or an artist or a journalist or a research scientist, how will this impact you, how can you make the most of it? How can AI automation not be something that's a little scary, that's a little uncertain, um, that feels destabilizing, but it's something that's empowering, that is something that really um, is a, a tool for good in your life, in the life of, of people who, who count on you and count on you know, your ability to, to make an income, um, but also you know, good for the world at large and how you and those tools can be a catalyst for that. So. That's that's our plan. Awesome. So if you'd like to learn more about Creative Next, uh, go to www.creativenext.org. Um, you'll also be able to find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Go Creative Next. Uh, so we encourage you to uh, get in touch with us there and uh, to check out the first season of Creative Next on learning. And uh, we'll be excited to have you along for this next adventure. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com. That's just one L in the digital life and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everyone. So it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked You can find The Digital Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you'd like to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. 
And of course, the whole show is brought to you by GoInvo, a studio designing the future of healthcare and emerging technologies, which you can check out at GoInvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? First, just a reminder that the digital life is going on hiatus, but it may be back someday. We've gone on hiatus a couple of times before, and uh, I don't know. We, we wanted to reach episode 300, and this all happened too quickly. So uh, we may come back uh, yet again, but for now... Uh, please do check us out at creativenext.org. If you want to get in touch with me, you can follow me on Twitter at dnemeyer. That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And thank you so much for listening all these years. So that's it for episode 291 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time.